the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Corner 3, episode 34. I am one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson, joined, as always, by the hoop and the harm, Tim Daniel. Tim, how are you doing, buddy? Um, Alex, I think i got to point something out real quick. Yes? We have a new triple-double king. Yes. Yes, we will get there. I think I think that is a man's name who's going to be mentioned a lot yeah. in tonight's episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. And joining us again to round out the three, the My Team King, Sean Mackey. Hey, Alex. Hey, buddy. Hey. Now, Tim. Mm-hmm. Sean and I, we went shopping for shirts this weekend for, for his wedding. Okay. And... Uh, we we ran into a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a hustle, if you will, uh, regarding these athletic fit dress shirts. Now I want to ask you because when I go to work, they're lucky if I'm even dressed at all. But you still dress like a, like a professional man. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you run into any issues with with the athletic fit button down not having a breast pocket? Um. So, all right. So I guess the backstory, and this I got to tell everyone, is my real job is I'm a personal banker for a major bank in the country. Um, they don't need to know that. They, I didn't say where. It, it was, it's an audio show. They can just imagine <laughs> you get dressed up for it. So I actually never used my breast pocket, so I guess no would be my answer. And see, Sean's concern, uh, his exact words is, he didn't want me looking like Enrique Iglesias, <laughs> which I didn't know. I was even on the spectrum <laughs> of looking like Enrique Iglesias. It, it's a compliment, man. It's a compliment. It's, we yeah. just don't well, want to look like. You want a crowd of style, you know what I'm saying? Oh, is, is that so? You didn't want me infringing upon the, the the likeness of. It was more of a legal concern. We don't want to look like Enrique. We don't look like Mark Anthony. Gotcha. In the so. bylaws. <laughs> <laughs> If you didn't know, this is the Quarter 3 Podcast, and apparently it's about basketball. Each week, we get together to talk about the one thing Cincinnati doesn't like talking about, and that is professional basketball. It does post every Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like it, you can go to thequarter3.net, where you can go through the whole backlog of everything and just listen to us rant and rave. And I swear to God, I think this is the only time we talk about shirts. So, Tim. Yeah. Let's get into our preseason recap. All right. I think on it was episode two, maybe five. I'm not sure. Probably all we of broke them. broke down the Western Conference, East Conference. Probably probably at some point, we're sure Chicago came up. Uh, we, we went through, we ranked each team conference by conference. Now, this is tricky because for most teams, if not all teams, game 82 is tonight. So, so some of this is going to be coming as we record this on Wednesday's post on Friday's iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, like, subscribe, share. You, you, you may have a bit of some differences here, but I know the West is pretty much locked in. The East is all but spoken for. So there'll be some variance when you listen to this, uh, you know, on Friday or Saturday. If you're driving, 10 and 2, keep your hands on the wheel. So... We had this in the East. I know there's a bit of a there's a bit of a duking for Cleveland and Boston here. Yeah. Uh, but we had Cleveland as the number one team in the East. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that that seemed and we had Boston at the two. Now where where it looks like we went wrong here, uh, and Toronto at the three. We we did well, but we got a little hasty. <laughs> and sure. I do want to point out and and I want to point out just an egregious error in here. Just a, a gross, a gross miscalculation of sorts. Uh, New York Knicks at the sixth seed. <laughs> we did. It just, it just, it just seemed right at the time. It we did. Just, we, we we overshot Kristaps Porzingis. That's really what it was. We were uh, all just, we were really just thinking about him in the end. It wasn't about Anthony. It wasn't about Derrick Rose. We know who Derrick Rose is. Yeah, I think it was just wishful thinking where it was like. Well, this is kind of the Bulls team we had. <laughs> <laughs> They'll grit it out. Six seeds, fine. <laughs> well, you no. have to also think we were like, okay, so, Brandon Jennings will be a, ba- a really good guard for them. He's going to be a really good backup point guard to take minutes from Rose. We were like, Courtney Lee, that's a good pickup for them. And he wasn't. So, yeah, we we, we were wrong. Didn't no, that's, not the only, that's, that's not the only spot we were wrong, though, Tim. 
I, I know. And Sean. And Sean, I'm, I'm blaming you for this one, Sean. This one's okay, your go fault. Ahead. Okay. We had, we had Washington at the 10. Washington. Wow. The pun was not intended. No. But it's there. Yeah. But Washington at the 10 seed far exceeded all expectations we had. They're, which you know, which were none or little too. They're they're hard to pin every year though. I mean, it depends which Washington team's going to show up. They have the best backcourt in basketball, pretty much. So you know, but you know, everything else is kind of eh. they're, they're that they're that dreaded trap game for everybody. They 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 play. They are the winners of trap games forty nine times this year. So <laughs> <laughs> more than half gets you in. More than half uh, gets you in, and they have the best now, point guard in the East. Also. Exactly. They do. They do. Uh, well, Tim, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna gang up on Sean on this one, Tim, because he kind of hitched his apple wagon to this car here. Charlotte at the five. Ooh. I was I was believing them. They man. were good here before. No, I, I the potential was there. I love yeah. Kemba. We saw that. Yeah, I mean Kemba was great. I just it's it's interesting to look back at these and to kind of. So we'll we'll go. We can build. We'll we'll build the house from the bottom up here. Uh, Brooklyn at the bottom. I mean, worst kept secret in the league. I think right there. Mm-hmm. Even uh, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so we we had it going from the bottom. Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Orlando, Miami. There's our there's our first misstep. Who mm-hmm. really I think showed. The, the original, the, the, the 13 and 30 heat, I think, was more what we were expecting. Uh, then the uh, we had the Pistons, Wizards, Bulls, and then the playoffs would have been the Bucks, Hawks, Knicks, Hornets, Pacers, Raptors, Celtics, Cleveland. So I think we should pat ourselves on the back for this. We weren't bad, no. No. And, and let's bad for the first year. And let's, let's go ahead and say this. The Bulls should not be a playoff team. So there is no... They should not. There is no reason they should be... Like, what, if they win tonight, they should be in. That is unacceptable. Well, if, if... if And I think we're the only fan base that'll ever say this. If they were managed correctly, they wouldn't be. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. That, that, that's the issue, is they... They have this never-say-die spirit, and I feel like that this is not <laughs> the year for it. And the perfect example is... The perfect example is Monday night, they destroy Orlando, which again we all agree is a game they shouldn't have won. And Jaron Gray By has fifty a, points. Yeah, exactly. Forty-seven. Forty-seven. Forty. Yeah. Jaron Gray. fifty. Alex. Grant has a double double in that game. Like he was awesome. And what do they do tonight? Rondo's starting. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, consistency is is fleeting <laughs> in this team. <laughs> Winning, winning is a passing fancy for the Chicago team. <laughs> but, but, but playoff tickets, guys. John, you know, Reinsdorf's going to make some money, so they got to make it. They got to make it to the eighth seed. You know, uh, it's frustrating. I hate, eight, I hate eight seed bulls. I can't stand them. I know. I know. Because why, did, why didn't you start tanking earlier, guys? Get your lives <laughs> together. Because uh, we are we are the first world problems of basketball. Oh, no. <laughs> When your team backs into the playoffs, our team made the playoffs. <laughs> so, uh, I want to move out west here because this one, this one's some some shaky business, yeah, gentlemen. And I think I think we were all we were all to blame. Golden State, no surprise. Mm-hmm. Just again, we we got that one. Now, there's there's some flipping and some flopping we need to be doing here if we wanted to be batting a thousand. Uh, second to last, only ahead of the Sacramento Kings, we had the Utah Jazz. Yeah, that's yeah. my fault. No, no. I mean, it's it's all right. Not a lot of people like jazz music. It's okay. It's an acquired <laughs> taste. So, that's right. That's right. First of all, Utah. This yeah, is... it's like Nickelback Ultra. It's acquired. Right. I thought you said Nickelback Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> Not required. I'm like, I don't know Not what that is, but I agree. <laughs> So we, we we've seen the the emergence of, of the Hayward Gobert combo mm-hmm. uh, with Quinn Snyder, uh, not not guaranteed to to be here next season, which is frustrating uh, as as a, as a hashtag Stayward fan. But uh, 
Yeah, um, hindsight's twenty twenty on this one because six seed we had the Timberwolves. Well, few, we like the tip. We, we were I mean, drinking the Tibbs aid. I mean, just a few weeks ago, they were a few games out of the playoffs. You know, I mean, what can you do? Ah, I know, but putting the Lakers ahead of the Jazz, I feel like it's just a bit overzealous. <laughs> we were so excited for <laughs> Luke. That's what it was. That's what it was. Uh, uh, and I, st- I, let me tell you something. I still love that team. I like that Lakers. Me too. Team. I like them. They are lo- they are lovable losers. I love them. Which lovable lukers? I <laughs> <laughs> ah, can't stop. Uh, so we had Oklahoma at the four and Portland at the five. Uh, and one one that we nailed. I just want to point this out. We had Memphis at the seven. That was a hundred percent correct. <laughs> That's a bizarre one when you're right. 20% of the time, you're wrong 80% of the time, but that 20% is real nice. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at this and and, and how we did uh, as a whole, the Western Conference rounded out. It went out uh, Kings, Jazz, Lakers, Nuggets, Suns, Mavericks. Uh, I think that says New Orleans. I can't read it. <laughs> um, Houston, Memphis, Minnesota, Portland, Oklahoma, then Spurs, Clippers, and Warriors. Uh so, not bad as a whole. Mm-hmm. Looking at it, though, I mean, I, I like I like what we're getting a little better. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to be wrong about some of these teams. Me too. How, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about the predictions, guys, and and how the season's kind of laying out? Um. Well, first off, let's just be happy that we're going to get a James Harden versus Russell Westbrook uh, playoff series. That's going to be amazing. Mm. Um, it's it's yes. the only first round series I'm excited about. I know. I know, like, I'm not excited for Bulls Celtics. I am kind of excited for Cavs Pacers, only because Paul George versus LeBron James every night will be fun. Um, eh, we saw that a few years ago, Tim. Hey, the, the Pacers were competitive in that series. Don't you mean? I know, I know, but this is not the same team, dude. Yeah, what are you talking about? Born ready. <laughs> Danny, LeBron's Danny. not even on. LeBron's not even on the same team. Born ready. Danny is Granger's back. not walking through that door. Tyler Hansborough's not walking through that door. <laughs> Wasn't Ben Hansborough on that team like the last guy on the bench? If I remember, Tyler's brother Ben. That Josh McRoberts is not walking through that door. True. True. Oh man. But yeah, so. I'm I'm stoked for that. Um, I'm really excited for the co- prospect of Lillard versus Curry because if we remember last year, even though the Warriors ended up being victorious, Portland gave them a fight in that series. Uh, they were they were game oh, sure, and that was that was of course when Steph got hurt in the playoffs in the playoffs. But like Damian Lillard, who post Austin break, Damian Lillard might be one of the five best players in the league right now, and he was just incredible. So. I actually do. I'm looking forward to that individual matchup, though. I don't think the series is going to be much, very competitive. But yeah, man, I agree. Um, I'm glad we were wrong in cases. I'm really glad we were wrong about the Jazz because, like you said, Hayward and Gobert have been outstanding, regardless of what other three guys you have out there. George Hill's played well for them too. So um, yes, yeah. So I- I'm stoked for that, man. I I, I really like this uh, Jazz team. I hope it sticks together. <clears throat> and I'm with you at hashtag Stayward unless Stayward ends up in Boston word. They, they, they don't. They don't need him, Tim. They don't need him. Well, when they get the Butler, they is won't. An all- That's right. <laughs> but they got they got that they got that draft pick possibly and and all of that. I mean, Boston's future is bright. So if they what get we're Hayward, is, I mean, Hayward will be a Clipper then, right? Oh God! Don't 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 <laughs> don't say things you can't take back, Tim. Come oh, on, Tim. That's a terrible idea. Ah. Uh, you just that, why? If that happens, you, I'm throwing an egg at you, man. <laughs> it's like the episode where everyone just wants to make Alex sad. Right. <laughs> uh, so, Sean, how are you? How are you feeling heading into the playoffs? I, uh, I'm I'm excited. This has been one of the most competitive NBA seasons we've seen in a long time. One of the best NBA seasons we've seen in a long time. It, it's nice uh, because it's it's we. I know we started at the Cavs Warriors as like a foregone conclusion, and I yeah. think it's still like kind of like seventy thirty, maybe eighty twenty of that. But it's yeah. nice to kind of have that that underlying like that that current of maybe like, well, if it's seven games, it could exactly, exactly. And you know, I think uh, I think the NBA the talent is kind of spread out in the league right now. I really like how spread out everything is. Um, you know, I mean, sure. 
the Warriors won a ton of games this year. A ton of games. They've had a hell of a year. Again, um, not as magical as last year, obviously, but, um, you know, they got Kevin Durant now. So, I mean, they did well, you know, throwing him in the lineup and having a garbage bench pretty much the whole year. Um, so I, I'm really happy with this. We had a, we had a guy average a freaking triple double, guys. Amazing. Fifty-five years it took for that to happen. Fifty-five years. We probably won't be alive the next time it happens again. I don't, I don't know even... if we'll be alive the next time Russell Westbrook plays a whole season. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, you know, it's been it's been a great year. I think uh, I, I really wish I would have watched more games this year. There's just been so much going on in my life. I haven't been able to watch as many games as I. I'd like, but, um, you know, it's, uh, talent is spread out in a great way right now. We mm-hmm. saw James Harden carry a, a very strange, uh, Rockets team to the three seed and have just a hell of a season. Um, I mean, it was just a lot of fun, you know, and the, in the Boston Celtics, I can't say enough about them. Danny Ainge getting stuff done down there, man, or up there, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, from our perspective. Yes. So. With that being said, as the season kind of starts to round out to a close here, we've got we've got some things to discuss, gentlemen. We've got awards, we got predictions here. So we're gonna start. I don't want to get into the MVP talk yet, you know. So, Tim. Yes. We'll start with you. Okay. And we're gonna start. We're gonna start light. Mm-hmm. Just ease, okay. We're gonna ease. We're gonna ease us into this here. Defensive Player of the Year. Rudy Gobert. Just that's that's it. You don't even want to like extrapolate or just um, like, defend it. I mean, it's I, defensive player of the year. Defend your position. So there are three genuine people you could really name here, and three guys that have great points. The three of us might have different people, honestly. Um, I think obviously Gobert, like I mentioned there. I think the rebounds, the blocks, his defensive plus minus, just his player efficient, like how efficient he is on the defensive side of the ball. How when he gets a hand on a rebound, he always gets the ball, gets a fast break started to the, getting it to George Hill, getting things rolling. Um, I think Gobert has just been so good as a rim protector, and I, but you know, then that goes back to if you tell me you think James Harden. I mean, not James Harden, duh, wow. Definitely not Defense Player of the Year, James Harden. Draymond Green or Kawhi Leonard, our Defense Player of the Year. I'm not going <clears> to <throat> argue with you because I think they. I think all three guys have great cases. I think Andre Roberson from Oklahoma City has another awesome case, honestly. So there, there's four guys right there. You can give me a case and I'll, I'll buy it. But I think as far as, you know, who made the most of an impact on the defensive side of the ball for their team to get wins and be able to have a, top, like a high seed in the West, that's Rudy Gobert. And so I think that uh, that's my pick for defense player of the year. Sean, same, same. Uh, that team is built on two players, and he is the defensive anchor of that team. I mean, like you said, we didn't even really have him on our radar. And I mean, he not only that, like he's improved a lot. I mean, he's mm-hmm. made a good case for most improved player. He's not my most improved player. He's probably you know probably top five, top six for me. Me too. Which means he's six, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> but uh, let's be real. But uh, yeah, he's he's been great. I completely agree with Tim. All right. Well, I'm not going to add much to this conversation because I also had Rudy Gobert. Okay. Uh, I agree. You could make the argument for Draymond or Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi was actually my number two. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Gobert is a crucial instrument to that roster, and I'm, we, there's nothing else that I could add to this conversation that even remotely makes it pertinent or or better. So, going to come back to, sh- I'm actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start most improved. Okay, go ahead. You all probably think you, you probably got me all pegged as as, as picking Hayward. No, 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 good because I didn't. <laughs> I went Nikola Jokic. That's a good pick. Though. Nice. I like uh, that. That that dude just stormed into the season like a bat out of hell. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> it was just like, oh, I start now. Cool. Uh, he he is going to be huge in Denver's future. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I think, him and uh, old Josephs down there. I think they make a very formidable European uh, European two piece. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the Nuggets' future because of him. 
I mean, he he reminds me of a much more uh, face up and physical style Joakim Noah, better offensive game. But I, I don't know of a uh, much better offensive game. But the passing's there, the rebounding's there, that basketball IQ is kind of there, and and that's that's really it was good to see that growth in him too. Uh, also, he was fantastic on my fantasy team, so added bonus. <laughs> yeah, that helps. <laughs> That helps. Mostly, yeah, I mean, he was great <laughs> fantasy team. <laughs> I mean, I forget who dropped him, but thanks. Was it me? Uh, it might have been me. Yeah. So I'm. It was. It was one of you guys. I don't. I don't remember. But either way, thanks. I, I owe you a Christmas card. <laughs> so, Sean, most improved. Me. I mean, I can I do co's? Can I do code? Defensive player of the year. You mean best yeah, first? I mean, sure. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Isaiah Thomas and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Both I guys, see. both guys became legit superstars this year. Legit, agreed. And Giannis Antetokounmpo dragged a Bucks team into the playoffs this year. Yes, he did. And uh, one that didn't have Chris Middleton for most of the season. And he's a legit superstar. Isaiah Thomas is the best small guard since Allen Iverson. I'm going to say it. I just said it. Okay? <laughs> so, I mean, it, 29 points a game for that guy. I mean, he's gotten better every single year. And, I mean, I, they're the number one seed in the East. I did not – I mean, I thought they were going to be decent. I was saying – I was thinking three or four, but not number one. So, they've, they've put on – Hell of a show this year, so I, let's just – I'll just go with Isaiah as my pick. Giannis is too. Fun fact about Giannis while, while we're talking about him. If I read this correctly, he is the first person in the history of the NBA to end the season averaging in the top 20 in points, rebounds, blocks, steals, and assists. Yep. He's an incredible player. He is yeah. a freak. Legit. So that's why he got that nickname, Pablo. I knew you were gonna do something like that. <laughs> what was that? Um, do you remember there was that like so, that like uh, European soccer headline? I was like, they call him Bond, James Jones, James Rodriguez. <laughs> yes. It was yeah. It says the name. No, it's uh, the name's James James Rodriguez, or the name's Bond, James Rodriguez. <laughs> And we were like, oh, okay. Doesn't make a bit of goddamn sense. And, and speaking of not making sense, that was a bad segue that didn't make sense. Tim. <laughs> so I went Your with... pick for most improved. I went with Giannis Antetokounmpo. If you remember in the preseason, I actually picked Devin Booker. Um, and Booker was outstanding this year. Um, you know, I dogged on him the first couple weeks, but then he really picked it up for a really bad Suns team. Um, but I went with Giannis strictly because of everything you, uh, you mentioned about being the top 20 in all those stats and the fact that literally he had seven different stats where he improved. And it wasn't like he kind of improved, but like he averaged six more points a game than he did last year, five more rebounds. He has completely become, um, you know, the big, the big, maybe the biggest star Milwaukee's had in basketball since Ray Allen. And I know that's there's been a few guys come through here and there, but... I think that Giannis is obviously the future of this game, and I think he's going to be the next guy to get a major deal from Nike. I'm really hoping for an up-tempo that says Antetokounmpo around the shoe. I just want that. They all... How, <laughs> how wide is that shoe going to be? <laughs> you, have to, you have to have a size 12 or it won't work. <laughs> right. there, was, there was a player back back when I, in my you know more formidable days where I, I worked for a, a major, you know, the Frontier League Baseball League, you know, the, that organization. There was a player, I, I forget on what team from whatever, like, weird small town in Michigan they were playing at the time. Uh, his name was so long, it actually ran bottom of the jersey up down to bottom of the jersey. <laughs> That's fantastic. It was absurd. No one needs a last name. It was like Zimmer Flops. <laughs> That's not a real last name. No one deserves that. So yeah, I had a I had a Tindakupo at the two uh, as the number two pick for my for my most improved. So we're all kind of on the same page here. Hopefully that doesn't keep happening. Otherwise, we're gonna have to make for a very short topic here. So. Tim, Rookie of the Year. I am staying with Joel Embiid. I know the dog on him right now is he only played 31 games, but if you look at his usage rate, he had a usage rate of a superstar. His player efficiency rating is better than any other rookie. I get, you know, and I think the 31-game thing is stupid, 
Um, I get Patrick Ewing wanted playing with 50 games the year he was rookie of the year, and this is a big drastic difference in games. But I just thought that as far as um, I mean, the, if you remember, like in January there, the Sixers were winning games they shouldn't have won a lot of nights because of Joel Embiid. Like Joel Embiid was the guy, and I get Malcolm Brogdon played on a really good basketball team where he he you know he helped the Bucks win a lot of games, and they're in the playoffs. And Dario Saric, when Embiid got hurt, really. His stats inflated, and he played really well. But to me, I think the I think if it comes down to who is the best rookie and helped their team the most, it's Joel Embiid. I agree. I, uh, I, is is he your is he your sixth or or seventh? Is he in your top? <laughs> is he in your top fourteen? He's in my top. He's in my top. We'll say top three. He's in my top three. So he's three. <laughs> God damn it, Sean. <laughs> Just say he's three. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Tim, you, you mentioned you mentioned who I went with. I went with uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I, I kind of used your same, the, the Joel Embiid uh, injury argument against him because uh, then even then Sarge stepped up, but I, I didn't even consider Sarge considering the fact I couldn't really, you know, throw Embiid in the mix. Uh, I mean, Brogdon, instrumental, I think, in, in the Bucks season. Uh, he is only going to get better, especially under Jason Kidd. I think there's definitely a very good uh, player-coach relationship there that's going to grow and prosper should he stay in Milwaukee. And I think he's he's a great piece alongside Giannis. He is. And plus, yeah. I think they're going to get Jabari back at some point next year. And they're, and if they keep Middleton, uh, they, they definitely have a lot to be excited about. Yeah. Sean, your your Roy Award. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Dario. Um, my reasoning behind that, I mean, Brogdon had a fine season and he played on a good team and he, like you said, he was instrumental in them and helping them, you know, secure a decent record in the East and everything, especially when Chris Middleton went down. But um, Dario Saric's uh, talent over the last three months has been. Off the charts. Um, I mean, I compl- I think if Embiid would have paid, played 50 games, I would have been going with him. He was the most exciting rookie. I'm not going to... W- was he the best out of all three when playing? Yes, no doubt. But uh, I really like what Dario's bringing to the table. Uh, if, if the Philadelphia 76ers can never get their shit together, okay? Like, no injuries. We get Ben Simmons out there playing point guard. Not small forward. We got him out there playing point guard. This team's going to be really something. What do you mean by I get think, their I'm shit I'm really together. excited to see them. Like, get an MRI machine? They, they, yes, yes. They just they hire it. the Phoenix Suns medical staff? Exactly. <laughs> the, one that, the, one that, the one that kept uh, Grant Hill's corpse playing basketball for an additional five years. <laughs> hey, they <laughs> helped Shaq, too. They helped Shaq. They got him, they got him an all-star game. I mean, come yeah. on. Those guys were great. Phoenix has got one of them Lazarus pits. I mean, look what happened they when Amari do. leaves, right? Or Nash. You know, every, everybody leaves Phoenix and they just slowly start to fall, retire. Fall, they fall apart, man. It's not quite unlike Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Eric Bledsoe, because you know he's gone this year. Oh, uh, Yeah. So, before we get into the Coach of the Years and, and, and the MVP discussion, which I think is going to dominate a lot of this, the sixth man is still on the table. And Sean, I want to start with you on that one. Sixth man of the year. Um, you know, I'm kind of torn on this one, honestly. Uh, I'm going to go with Iguodala. Uh, he was able to pick up the slack when Durant left, and Golden State was able to continue onward, still having the best record in the NBA. Um, I'm not a big fan of my own pick, but I'm going to go with that <laughs> one. I just, uh, you know, it, I don't know. Who do you got, Alex? Who do you got? I uh, I went with Eric Gordon. Okay, I like that. That's a good yeah. one. I I think he I I could make the argument for a handful of players. I mean, I you could even argue Lou Williams' body of work uh, of when course. he was in LA and everything too. There's I think six man's definitely the most unclear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. That was that was the hardest one for me to decide, but I, I went with Gordon just because. Yeah, I mean, consistency, and he played, I think, in terms of six-man, when you're the first guy off the bench, you have 
a very specific role you have to fill. And I think he filled his role for his team the best off the bench. I like that. Yeah, I actually, I picked the same one, Alex. I thought that, um, one, the Rockets' point differential from last year to this year is obviously amazing. And I know a lot of that's credit to Harden. And like you said, they went and went out and got Lou Williams. But Williams was only there for 35 games. What Eric Gordon did this year, he did on a night-to-night basis when called upon. And I think that that really played a difference. I think D'Antonio was just amazing for him. So, yeah, I went the same route. I think Gordon really did enough. And I really do think that, although it's probably not going to make a huge difference, I think the fact that he put himself back on the map of being like a a fun player to watch during the three-point contest is going to attract some voters too and seeing what he did there as well. Yeah, I, I, I think, like I said, I mean, six-man, totally up in the air. Uh, I don't, I can't really argue against Iguodala either, so I won't. So, Tim, Coach of the Year. This is another one I had problems with, so I'm I hoping, went through I'm hoping maybe you guys... names. Okay, <laughs> I, at least, I cut that down to three. Yeah. <laughs> so... And... I, I'm interested in your guys's your guys's picks for this. So, sure. Tim, I'll let you I'll let you take the stage. So let me go ahead and say that my pick will not win it, but he has a great case, and that's Scotty Brooks. I think Scotty Brooks was amazing for Washington this year. Um, like we mentioned, we did not we thought they were going to be the 10 seed. At one point, they were three and nine this year, and it looked like it was going to be another bad Wizard season. And Scott Brooks, you know, with he uh, really ch- made a huge difference there. I think we saw a better John Wall, which I didn't think we'd see a better John Wall than we have seen the last two years. But Wall was just amazing this year, uh, as I as we've you know documented throughout the season. Um, Bradley Beal's insanely good, and you know it was finally it was nice to see Bradley Beal be healthy because we saw how good he really is. Um, I saw Bleach Report had him as the third best shooting guard in the league currently on their top 100 list, and I thought that was argumentative, but a good point. And then um, going out and getting Bojanovic was huge for them as well. I just think Scott Brooks made such an impact for them. For a Wizards team, we didn't think we'd be able to compete in the East. They were one of the four best teams in the East. And But like I said, Quinn Snyder has a great case. Bradley Stevens has a great case. You can say Steve Kerr is a great case. You can say Popovich is a great case. And obviously Mike D'Antoni is probably going to be the one that wins it. But if I have to pick one myself, I'm going with Scott Brooks. Yeah, and I mean... I. Scott Brooks is I, I like that pick. Uh he he I mean he's definitely not like a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, we look at like what he did after uh when he took over for the Thunder and everything and that consistency there. I so I think it was just a matter of getting that roster right for him and like you said, I think Beal's health has has really benefited. Sean, how you feeling? How you feeling about Tim's pick and what is yours? I like it. That's an interesting tip uh pick, Tim. I like that one. Um I'm I'm gonna go with Brad Stevens. Uh, once again, they got the number one seed. They on paper they don't really look that great, and he got that team the number one seed. They've bought into the system. I think he's already a respected coach. Um, uh, and uh, you know I, Dan Tony, another one. I mean I, I think we spoke about this. Was it last week? We we didn't really know if he was still gonna even be in the league anymore, you know, after right. after his last coaching job. So uh, to be able to take a team like the Rockets, he has been incredible. He has been absolutely incredible. I, I didn't see that coming at all. Didn't think it was going to work. Shaved off the mustache. Got good again. <laughs> I mean, that's just what happened with that guy. But I'm going to go with Brad. You could, you could say the mustache was in his heart the whole time. Now, I also... Uh- was going Brad Stevens. Uh, I, I kind of initially had it as a co a co coach uh, with Stevens and D'Antoni, but I want to make an argument for somebody that that you guys didn't mention, and I think is not getting enough credit for what he's done this season. It's and Quinn, I, isn't it? No, it's not Quinn. <laughs> okay. it's player coach Gordon Hayward. No, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Eric Spolstra. Good point. Yes. Yes. Now. I don't think he's going to win. I think he's no. a late. If, if they gave coach of the years for half the season, absolutely. But I, I mentioned it earlier in the episode. They were 13 and 30. Mm-hmm. And he he said today when they asked them, when he asked them how, how the turnaround feels and everything, and he said, how do you eat an elephant? You eat it one piece at a time. And 
they they reinvented the season. I've never eaten an elephant, so I can't attest to the accuracy of that statement. Also, but to to start the season so poorly, to basically reinvent your roster and your style and everything, and to be just on the outside looking into the playoffs, I, I really just think. While he won't win, Spolster definitely deserves credit and definitely deserves praise and mention for uh, what he's pulled off for the second half of the season. I agree, this man. Goes, this goes back to being competitive. This this season has been so competitive. Even the bottom of the barrel teams, teams like Miami. I mean, it's been incredible to watch. The Heat so, my, deserve that playoff spot the Bulls are going to get. That should I, be the Heat spot. Were, yeah. They were robbed. And I think to further that point that you make, Alex, about Spolstra, is if you remember when he had the big three, people would talk about Spolstra and say, well, he's got the easiest job in the league. He just tells them to go out there and have LeBron, Wade, and Bosch do their thing, and they're going to win every night. And I really think that the way he uses his players as far as, you know, to their advantage, obviously Hassan Whiteside being his prime example, and what he's got now, Goran Dragic this year is huge. But if you remember, like, he was the first coach to really introduce LeBron to playing off the ball and really getting him in space, and really getting him in isolation situations where he can just take over games, because it used to be LeBron did that all by himself when he had guys like Mike Brown running the show, but when you saw this place designed for him that Spolscher put in there, is really when we saw, like, I think, I'll say besides this year, the best LeBron I've ever seen, and I think that's a really a testament oh. to how good Spolscher is. Absolutely, and, and I mean, yeah, I, I dogged Spolster a lot when he was coaching that roster and winning and everything, but at the same time, though, you don't go from like assistant video technician and work your way up to head coach without being, you know, fucking good at what you do. Exactly. And you you don't spend that much time under Pat Riley and not gain some some like iota of knowledge because I think if you just take a percentage of Pat Riley's brain and put it in, you know, the coach in, in Fred Hoiberg, you'd add ten wins to the Bulls season. Exactly. But, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I, I I think he he gets dogged a lot for for that roster for being the big three coach and everything. But yeah, like you said, definitely I think helped LeBron grow. I agree with you there. And just he he didn't he doesn't get enough credit as a whole. And I think part of that's because his best period was with that roster. Mm-hmm. But this season, I think he finally distanced himself from that. Yeah, if you with that to... being said, it's Brad Stevens that's going to win coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My last point on my last point on Spolstra. If you listen to Dwayne Wade talk about Derek Spolstra, um, it, it's just really awesome to hear like his thoughts on Spolstra, how good of a coach he is. And he said he still keeps in touch with him. He was texting him during the win streak because let's be honest, guys. At some point, I think we all thought that Spolstra was going to get Van Gundied, didn't we? Uh, I think they have more faith in him than that. Yeah. yeah. I think they can. I think they they don't see the forest of the trees kind of thing. I, I think they're they know what they have in him. I don't think he's going anywhere. I would go as far as say he's one of the most secure seats in the NBA. Yeah, especially after I, I thought at some I thought if the Heat didn't win a title, he would get Van Gundied. But after they won some titles, I went okay. Suppose the man, give it yeah. all to him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's he's not quite on like the Popovich level of safety, but I think in terms of we won't hear Spolster coaching another team, I think, within the next, like, three or four years. I agree. I think he's there for a while. Now, Tim, mm-hmm. I'm giving you the platform. Oh, wait, did you? <laughs> I picked, uh, yeah, I yeah. picked Scott Brooks. Yeah, yeah, so we're good. We're good. All right. I'm giving you the platform. The soapbox is yours. Grab your horn, your magic conch, say your incantation, summon your MVP. Hey guys, of the three of us in the preseason pools, who picked Russell Westbrook to win MVP? I will tell you, it was not me. I know. It was not me either. It was not Chris Baxman either. It was me. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> so, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> don't, don't gloat now, Tim. Come on. He still could not win him it. all along, Austin. <laughs> we didn't we didn't pick it. We all didn't pick bums or anything. All right. So I, I know. All right. I know. I know. I know. Trust me. And this goes back to my point of for defensive player of the year. If you tell me you think James Harden's a VP and you give me a good case, I'm probably going to agree with you. But 
here is my case for Russell Westbrook. Obviously, the triple doubles are amazing, and it was it was the most fun player to watch every night. And I know people try to say that the Rockets and Thunder have a very similar roster. I a hundred percent disagree. Yeah, Andre Roberson was an outstanding defensive player this year and really has a case for DPOY. Steven Adams has really evolved into one of the top centers in the league. And, you know, we when we went back and reviewed that draft, we think we had him as one of the three or four best players in that draft when the three of us talked about it uh, in the his draft class. And I don't... But, like, when other than that, okay, I think we all can agree we, st- we like Victor Oladipo as a role player, but we thought... We feel like... I, th- I feel like he's almost at a ceiling. James Harden has a bunch of guys who, yes, he has made them way better. I 100% agree. But would you rather have a team of Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon, Lou Williams, a out-of-nowhere resurgence of Nene, and... Um, set, gosh, Alex, I'm so sorry. The center you really like for them. Um, Clint Capella? Clint Capella, thank Clint you. Capella. Versus the team that Russ has of Oladipo... And so on and so on. You know, Doug McDermott, Taj Gibson, and so. I think I'd still go with that Houston roster. Um, so I think that if you take Horton off that Houston roster, they'd probably still win 36, 37 games. I think if you take Russell Westbrook off the Oklahoma City roster, they're lucky to win 28. I think that Russ has been the most exciting player in the league, as I mentioned. And let's also not forget, James Harden... Had a great year. He was amazing. Kawhi Leonard was amazing. LeBron James is always is amazing. You can give LeBron the MVP award every year, and people will still agree with it because it makes sense. But we know that that's not, not going to happen. It's going to be like Jordan, where Jordan was still the best part of didn't win MVPs. But Russell Westbrook was the most important player to his team, and it's not just the triple doubles. It's how good was Russell Westbrook when the game was on the line. Let's look at that Denver game just last week when he hit the game-winning shot. Let's look at all those games when the Thunder are down 8-10 with four five minutes to go, and Russell Westbrook brings it back in the game by himself. And I'm also going to say this, guys. I'm sorry I know you gave me a soapbox. I didn't mean to add another soapbox to that. <laughs> if you're going to bring Double me... Double soapbox. Exactly. <laughs> if you're going to bring me any point... Any point at all in this case where you saw a video that Colin Coward put on his show about the Thunder boxing out and pushing people out of the way for Russell Westbrook to get a rebound, you need a better fucking argument because that's bullshit. This is how the Thunder's offense plays. They are a fast-break team. Their game plan is Russell Westbrook gets the ball in his hands for rebounds, and he makes things happen because that's what he does. I am so tired of people talking about this stupid video Colin Coward had. He is trash. I am tired of Skip Bayless. He is also (laughs) trash. So, if you're going to listen to some old... Old bitter white men about who, why Russell Westbrook's not MVP. Watch a different sport. Russell Westbrook is the MVP, and he was the man this year. Well, there was the uh, I, I send you guys those Jeopardy Sports Twitter clips every now and then, and uh, there was one that I didn't send you guys. But the the answer to the question was: If LeBron James averaged a triple double on the season. You would say he's Jesus, but when this player does it, he's stat padding. And it was who right. is Russell Westbrook? <laughs> That's the other thing that doesn't make sense to me is before Russell Westbrook had this year, like anytime a guy had a triple double, it was like someone in baseball getting a no hitter. We went, "Oh my god, that's awesome! Way to go! What a great performance!" But all of a sudden, Russell Westbrook does it, and he's stat padding, and it's like, "Ah, oh, these triple doubles are overrated," and that doesn't make sense to me. So it's not like Russell Westbrook Russell was going out there with twelve, ten, and ten games. He was having fifty point triple doubles, thirty five point triple doubles. He was having fifteen, sixteen assist games. He was doing that on a nightly basis. I think he ended up averaging what thirty point one. I'm not sure. I don't have that in front of me. But but I, I well, I, I wanted to counterpoint you real quick because this is this is apparently from a pro Westbrook guy. But Royce Young, a beat writer for ESPN, said that he's felt all year that the Westbrook teammate stink talk is overrated because so much of the talk in the 2016 playoffs was about Oklahoma City's emerging depth. So the big case many were making for Durant to stay was why would you leave? Look at that that talent. But now people are claiming that the roster is bad without Russell Westbrook. So how do you combat that? Okay. I see the point of them being very young because I think they're the third or fourth youngest team in the league. And I get that point. But I think at some point, maybe it's just me. I expect Ennis Cantor to be one of the ten best centers in the league. Actually, he might have a case for being one right now, even as a sixth man. But... um. I don't think, I mean, I get where he's coming from. I, I, I see that point, but 
I don't think they're a terrible roster. I think they're a young roster is still evolving and growing. Sure. Now, Sean, your MVP pick is Kyle Corver. Ten point two points. I agree. Cut the feed that's in the show. (laughs) (laughs) This has been the corner three. No. No, I completely agree with Tem. Uh, if you average a triple-double, you should get MVP. Because, <laughs> <just get> <laughs> well, this is only the second time it's ever happened. Brevity is the soul so, of wit here. Um, and like I said at the beginning, before the season, if he, if he averages a triple-double and he gets his team to the playoffs, which he did, and decent seeding, not terrible. He's not the eighth seed, so... Um, you know, I I think that I I think he's done a hell of a job, and I the thing about Russell Westbrook that I love about him more than anything is he has that, you know, killer instinct about him mm-hmm. that most players don't. He really does want to win games. Yeah, I mean, plus me, I I I do think that he does think about stats. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not going to discount that. Same way that Rajon Rondo thinks about <laughs> assists, you know. <laughs> mathematician from Louisville. I see what you're doing. So, um, but I mean, I, I think, I think he made that team so much better. I mean, I, I don't think they're a playoff team without him. They're a good team, but he elevated all of their games just by being on the same team as them. And I think Kevin Durant leaving was like the best thing that ever happened to him. But at the same time, I don't know how much more his legs can take. So, well, and that was the thing for me. I mean, spoiler, I picked Westbrook too, so I'm not going to get into the highfalutin state of everything. But the the one thing I, I wanted to comment on, because you mentioned Westbrook's legs, is the fact that I wrote Westbrook off at the start of the season saying I didn't think his body could handle same, a full, a full season load. And dude took game 81 of 82 off. Right. And that was it. So, like, just fuck me. Well, Alex... <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> also remember, I think he got ejected in three games, too. Pretty early. But, but still. So it's just and, like, and you know why? <laughs> that was the plan. That's his way around getting the NBA around from resting players. <laughs> <laughs> just send him out there. Go, Just go, go rough the ref up. Uh, take the night off. <laughs> but no, I... Uh, I, I don't remember who I picked for MVP at the start of the season, but I have who 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 did I have? James Harden. Ah, damn! I thought I would have gone Kawhi. You had Plus. great points. You had great points too, because I remember vividly talking about how Mike D'Antoni making him the point guard and putting the ball in his hands and getting him in ISO situations is going to be huge. You were a hundred percent right on all of that. Yes. Yeah, but Westbrook won. So, right. <laughs> so actually, I, 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 yeah. What do you think about that? Because uh, Hard came out with that thing that he said um, on Sunday when they asked about it. He said, and remember, Hard and Westbrook are still tight, even though they're not teammates anymore. He said something yeah. to the matter of, I thought this was all about wins. And this is why I thought that was weird. If he's saying I had more wins than Russell Westbrook, okay, that's fine. He's right there. But if this is all about wins, shouldn't Steph Curry or Kevin Durant be MVP because they were on the best team? Well, see... I would say, Harden, you can make the point that, yes, the MVP wins should be factored in, but I don't think it should be how many games your team won, more so how many games would they have lost without you. Agreed. And and when you look at the impact over the over the course of the 48 minutes that, that Westboro, the, the 30s... Actually, you know what? Shout out to fucking Billy Donovan for limiting Westbrook's minutes, too. Yeah. That was another thing. Yeah. And and so we're just making more points. We're just making more inarguable points for Russell Westbrook. I mean, on a minutes limit, played almost every game this season. For, I mean, for all intents and purposes, every game this season. Uh, but he was the most impactful player. And I think it's going to be one of – should he win the MVP, I think it'll be one of those weird, like, second-year Nash ones or, like, that Derrick Rose one where it's more kind of like an anomaly where people could argue more – against it than they could for it and the camps will just be split yeah but uh i mean yeah you don't go a whole season averaging a triple double carrying 
the weight of your team, a, a good a good team, uh, into the playoffs who wouldn't get there without you. Because I think Houston, you could make the case, and I mean, yeah, you take Harden out. You, it's difficult, but that, that you don't. Team's, that team's garbage without Harden. Okay, you, but you don't put up the numbers Westbrook does for a whole season and not walk away the most valuable player. I agree. Like, yeah. I just don't, I, I don't want to live in a universe where that happens. Well, it's happened once before when Oscar did it, he did not win MVP. <laughs> <sighs> but, but think about, think about how great this story is going to be for our kids. If Harden wins, the NBA was so good in 2016-17 that a guy averaged a triple-double and didn't win the MVP. That's yeah. how good it was this year, guys. Yeah, I but mean, do we do we need do we need the chip on Russell's shoulder to be even larger? If it gets any larger, he's going to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, if, if it gets any larger, it's just a torn rotator cuff. Right, exactly. Yes. Because like, if you remember, this is uh, this is the best MVP race we've had in a long time too. Because you literally have. Even if you take Russ, like take Russ and Harden out of it, Kawhi, LeBron, and Isaiah Thomas have great cases. So yeah, if you remember 09, I think it was 09. Sean will probably know the year better than me off the top of my head. There was a year LeBron won, but Dwayne Wade had an unbelievably incredible year too. And you know, like a lot of people even had discussion then of how do you pick one or the other. And Dwayne Wade still jokes about it. He says he'll go to LeBron's house and he'll try to grab that trophy from time to time. So I think this is the most fun MVP race since that one. Was it 09? Am I right there, Sean? I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. I, I sure as hell don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you could make the case that it's a four-person race, but at the end of the day, it's definitely two. Right. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm, we're all in agreement. Westbrook. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, that's about all we have for this week. So, <laughs> this has been the Corner 3 Podcast, where each week the three of us get together to talk about the one thing that no one in Cincinnati cares about. That's professional basketball. It does post every Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Rain or shine, because audio is not affected by the weather. If you like it, you can go to thecorner3.net where you can listen to all of our past episodes. we got a lot of good ones on there. We've had Ben Golliver from Sports Illustrated. We have had Kendall Gill, uh, who has who has some, you know, a fire emoji take on, on the Hornets, 90s Hornets versus the 90s Magic. And we've got the Here Comes the Young Guns draft recaps, preseason previews, if, you, if you're interested in that, you dork. But other than that, Tim, Sean, it's been a pleasure. As always, hail Hayward. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.